Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and for this opportunity to share your word, to break bread with your children. Help us to grow in your word and be stronger, closer in our relationship with you and stronger as our struggles and fight against the enemy continues. Help us, Lord, to know your will and to embrace the things provided by grace and reject those things of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, for two weeks I've had a really uh, good message on my heart. And uh, two weeks in a row the Lord said, well, what about, let's talk about this. So today I, I think I want to just talk a little bit about something that is foundational to a successful Christian life. And I think... I don't like throwing random uh, fractions out there, but I would say an overwhelming majority, maybe upwards of 90% of Christians, and that's a term that's used very loosely also, uh, but are not under, don't have understanding of what we're going to talk about today, and that is spirit, soul, and body, as... Uh, as the Lord has taught me over the, the years and has come to be a real blessing. If, if people get a real understanding of this, it'll change everything in their Christian life and in, in their day-to-day time here on earth. I want to I look at Genesis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plow... About five miles wide and half an inch deep today. So we're just going to scrape the surface, but I want to get some stuff out there. So just hang on and we'll breeze through some of these scriptures. But uh, it's important. Amen. First, Genesis chapter one. First chapter of Genesis. uh, Look over the 26th verse. God said, let us, let us. Make man in our image, after our likeness. The us is God in three persons. The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen? Three distinct persons, yet one. Not just that they're in agreement, they are one. This is a great mystery. They are one. But they also some things very distinct about each one that can't be said about the others. The Father has an amazing plan. He had... This great plan of salvation. Jesus, the Son, implemented the plan. Lived it out. Brought it to pass. Made it possible for this great plan of salvation to be a reality for us. And the Holy Spirit, if we let Him, 
will reveal this plan to us as we go. Three part God and he created us in his image. In their image. We're three part beings as well. Said after our likeness and then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing and creepeth upon the earth. We, we are creative beings and we're to have dominion over everything that he's placed here to dominate. It's here for us. Animals don't have this creative thing. They don't build big cities and, and have these because they're not made in the likeness of God. We are. We're His children. He said, So God created them in His image, and in the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. Male and female. Something that apparently they're trying to do away with. <laughs> That's ridiculous. God created us with an assignment, a gender assignment. Our plumbing screams out our assignment, our role in this life. Whether you like it or not, you have to take it up with God. <laughs> he had a perfect plan for you. <coughs> Inside of his order of things. Now all the way to the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Back there with all those T's. Five T's in a row. And of them. 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, 5, 23, teaches us that we're three-part beings as well. Paul says here, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. Sanctify you, make you holy, and set you apart. For his purpose. He says, and I pray that God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Spirit, soul, and body. Triune being just like our, our God. Why is it such a big deal? Because we live in a world that looks as an individual as a, a dichotomy of body and soul. And they're trying to explain everything and reason everything. It's all based on emotions and feelings and it points back to self. 
And this is not how God intended it. Let me go a little further. Remember in John chapter 3, I think the third verse, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He was a good man, a teacher of the law, believed in Jesus, but he came to him at night. Tells you something, he was afraid. The fear of man is a snare. But he told Jesus, he said, uh, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, How can a man be born again? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, he didn't. That's not this. That's not what the King James says. It says, <laughs> Jesus answered, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Flesh cannot can only produce flesh." The spirit can only produce spirit. That's important. Because when we are... And, and, and it's also important to note that just one page over, or maybe on the same page, John 4, 24, Jesus was teaching the woman at the well, remember, and he said, God is a spirit. Capital S. Remember that? God is a spirit and they worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit, soul, and body. When we're born again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we become new. We're a new creature. Let's go ahead and look at it. I'm just, so many scriptures today. But if you got it, Turn to it. If not, you can go back and listen to this, the podcast, or or on iTunes or SoundCloud. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Nope, that's wrong. I meant First Corinthians, didn't I?" <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. No, it's second. Get my act together here. Say amen when you got it. <laughs> oh, I was in the wrong chapter. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, this is where some people get a little confused. I know I did at first. Because it says that everything became new. And I was in a 
I was in a place that taught me that everything had become new. Spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> that somehow in the twinkling of an eye, my body had passed away and I would be given a new one. And, it was, and everything for a second was totally perfect and incorrupt, uh, uncorrupted. And then after that, it was up to me to keep it that way forever or go to hell. How would you like to carry that burden? That's not the way it is, though. The truth is, when we are born again, if we have, I have a, I have a scar, a gigantic bunch of scars, actually, but the, the most prominent one is this big Nike swish that was a hundred stitches here. And that's not of God. That's not how God intended things to be. But when I got born again, it wasn't gone. So physically, in this natural body, I was, it, this body wasn't redeemed, was it? And even though I began to have different desires and wants, but in my mind, my personality... Everything wasn't changed and perfected instantly either when I said a prayer and meant it, which I did. I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, if you'll come into my heart and my home today, I'll never, ever ask you to leave. That was my prayer. It was a good one. And... As much as I wanted all the bad things to go away from all that corrupted seed that I'd sown over the years of my life, it took a while to believe for some crop failure and to plant good seed and to start to see a new harvest. But something changed. Something changed. And what it was, was my spirit. When... Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. God said, the day you eat of that tree, you're going to die, didn't he? Did they, did they pass away when they ate that? Didn't he kick them out of the garden and he put two powerful angels there to keep them from ever coming back to eat of that tree of life? Again, they had to die, but physically they did eventually, but it took hundreds of years, didn't it? I think it took them a while because no one had ever told them they were supposed to die like they do on every commercial you watch today. But they did die because if God said it, that settles it. They died spiritually that day. Their spirit died. It was caught up in sin and trespasses and the punishment for sin is death and they died spiritually that day. And when God came in and saved us on the day of our salvation, He took that corrupted nature, that sin nature, that corrupted seed that came from Adam, and He took that sin, that sin nature, that sin, <clears throat> that Satan's nature out of us, and He put His back in and He renewed our spirit and He sealed our brand new perfected spirit with His Holy Spirit. And now, one third of our salvation is over. Incorruptible. Sealed. 
until the promised day when we'll be with Him forever. That's a real thing. And in that born-again spirit, it's all God. We have the very mind of Christ. All of the peace, love, and joy we will ever need for eternity is right there. All of the healing for our bodies and prosperity for this life. Twelve inches below, six inches below our mouth that we're praying for it from. Now, that's been done by faith. We say by grace through faith. Isn't that right? Isn't that what it says in Ephesians 2.8? So now our spirit is saved. That's done. Now, Ephesians 5.26, if we just look a couple of pages over from where we were. Ephesians 5.26. This is talking about Christian households and husbands and wives. And we've heard these scriptures many times. But he's making a comparison. That's why Satan hates marriages so much. Because it's a picture of Christ in the church. In the 25th verse of the 5th chapter of Ephesians, he said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might, verse 26, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Our soul, which is this personality our mind, our will, ooh, our emotions, the roller coaster ride, the part of us that can discern all of these things, the spirit in us cannot discern, we cannot discern our spirit. The only way we know who we are spiritually is by this book. And by the help of the Holy Spirit. But our soul know, is aware of everything. And that's the part of us that is being saved. It's being renewed. Being regenerated through the washing of the water of the Word of God. But it's a choice. Romans 12.2, Paul is begging us. The first verse of chapter 12 of Romans, Paul says, I beseech you, I, I'm imploring you, I'm basically begging you, talking to Christians. Therefore, and he just explained about how wonderful God has been, and because of that, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of everything God has done that's so wonderful and kind and merciful in giving us His own Son, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable based on what? Based on what's been done for you. And be not conformed to this world... But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove or know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians 5.10 says, 
Find out what pleases God. And he's asking. It's a request. He's begging, but it's still an option. It's a choice for us to allow our souls to be renewed and to come into agreement with this perfected mind of Christ, this kingdom of God that is in our spirit. Because our option is to agree with the world. To agree with the natural. To agree with, you know, this body. It's going to do whatever the soul decides it's going to do. You see, we're in an interesting place now. Spirit. Soul and body. The soul is right in the middle of the two. And there's a tug of war. It's not a nature. We're not dual nature. We don't have a sin nature anymore. Now there's this evil concupiscence, this overwhelming desire to do evil, which was in us, is gone. If you belong to Christ. But you certainly still have the ability to do wrong. And think wrong. And that's where all sin starts with a thought. Seed. We can't stop the birds from flying over our head, but we can keep them from making a nest on our head, can't we? But if we don't, and we entertain those negative thoughts of death, we can can sure wreak some havoc. Even as Christians. I know, I know I'm not quite where I need to be. And I know we still have the ability to, to sin just like the rest of the world. We're right here. This soul and this, the body is over here just wanting to feel good, wanting to do whatever, eat whatever. <laughs> And then there's the Spirit of God on the other side, perfect and holy. And we have a choice. You know, I could walk in the house and say to Tavana, I've had it. I've just had it. I've just, I'm, I'm, I'm up to here with people and things and enough is enough and I'm... I'm going to have a breakdown and I'm just entitled. I don't want to hear about my messages. I don't want to hear about the word. I don't want to hear all the things that you're going to try to fix and tell me, point me back to God. I'm entitled to my pity party and I'm going to have it. I can do that. You ever notice when you have a pity party, the only one that shows up is the devil after a while though? Or I can agree with God. I can let Jesus wash me with this word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Brings it back into agreement with Him. Peace. Life. Love. Forgiveness. Mm. 
So this soul is being saved. By the washing of the water of the word. And this body. The other part of us. It will be saved. So. You hear things like. Was I saved? Am I being saved? Or am I going to be saved? Yes. Your spirit was saved by faith. Your soul is being saved, being redeemed, being renewed by the washing of the water of the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this body will be redeemed. It's being saved by hope. Our hope is in the resurrection. This this vehicle, we are we are a spirit with a soul. We are a spirit with a personality. This is just a vehicle. And if the Lord tarries, Tavana and I are convinced that He's just going to take us up together. But if He tarries, these bodies will be sown back into the dust from which they were formed. Amen? And God will take the spirit and the soul home with Him. And then Jesus will bring us back with Him to get a new one of these. Incorruptible. And new. Let's see. Romans 8.24 For we are saved by hope. Let me back up one. For we know that the whole creation, the creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. So if you don't understand spirit, soul, and body, You'll look at Ephesians and you'll say, well, am I, am I saved by grace through faith or am I saved by, by hope? Your body's saved by hope in the resurrection. Your spirit was saved by grace through faith. And your soul is being saved as you go and you learn to agree with the Lord. And, and as you continue to look into the righteous mirror of the Word of God and and allow it to read you and, and allow God to work in those areas that don't line up with His way and His will. And you are being transformed into the image of His dear sweet Son, the first of many brethren. So when I tell people, Man, you are awesome. You are righteous and holy. You are a king and a priest. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And they look at me and they say, man, if he only knew what I did Friday night. 
if they only knew that uh, we went ahead and had this party and uh, and oh so and so came and so and so came and man it it went the wrong way and we all woke up with a hurting head and, and this and that and the other he would never say those things about me yes I would if you belong to the Lord I'm never going to stop saying it. I won't say anything else. Because you are spirit, a redeemed spirit, and you have a soul, and you have a choice, and you stood at the crossroads that afternoon, and you chose the, the physical, the temporal. You chose the natural instead of the holy. You could have chosen God. You have no evil concupiscence. No devil made me do it in you anymore. You have a choice. You could have chosen God. You could have chosen the washing of the water of the Word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit that day. And you could have come through that decision-making process victorious. But you didn't. I'm not putting you in hell and neither is God. I'm just going to keep pointing you back to who he says you are because you're really a spirit. God's a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You are a redeemed spirit with the very mind of Christ dwelling in you. You are the temple of God. And he loves you. And he says nobody can snatch you from his hand. You're the only one with that authority. And so we're going to keep on telling you what Jesus would do and what Christ in you would do until you prayerfully begin to make those decisions. And that's the natural choice for you instead of the unnatural. Because a lot of times people say, well, that hypocrite. You see him on Friday night, now he's up here playing guitar on Sunday morning. What a liar. No. Now he's right. He made the wrong choice on Friday night, but this is who he really is. He was the hypocrite on Friday night. Trying to act like the world. He's not. So you, Christian, calling him a hypocrite, you are are the hypocrite. Who are you to judge another man's servant? You're supposed to love them and pray for them. Who are you to point out their flaws and character? You've been watching too much of CNN where they think it's right to point out everyone's flaws in their character, even if it was some 20, 30, 40 years ago and destroy them without any offering of help are pointing in the right direction. There's no reason except to destroy and to harm. That's not what Christians do. We're not here to hurt people. The image of God that we created in is love. We have choices. But when I was... Married to Satan. 
It affected my personality. I acted just like my daddy. (laughs) But my spirit was dead in sins and trespasses. And when Jesus came, it changed things. And now I have the ability to agree with God and to continue to be transformed in the renewing of my mind to make the right choices. Now I'm empowered. This is not a condemning message when, when she says, you, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. Don't ever let anyone think that if they belong to Jesus because how are you? what kind of hope is there for the crackhead? What kind of hope is there for the alcoholic? What kind of hope is there for the abuser of anything? The transgressor, if he thinks he has no power over the will of the devil, then he doesn't. But he does if he belongs to Jesus. When I became married to Jesus, I had a choice. Now, if I continue to meditate on the wrong things, if I meditate on the hurts and the pains and the offenses of this life, it's going to produce death in one of its various manifestations or more than one. And it's going to affect others and it's going to keep on going. Matter of fact, here's the difference. Remember the soul right here in the middle. Body over here. Going for the world. Just the natural spirit of God. Holy and loving and caring and powerful over here. Just waiting patiently. Why don't you trust me? Why don't you come to me? And the world's calling out to you. Competing. Satan competing for your time. Your affection. Your attention. If I meditate on the wrong thing. You offend me. You disrespect me. These hands, they can, they can attack. They can actually kill. If I chose to go that route, loving Jesus like I do, still could do it. But if I choose the Spirit, The washing of the water, the word, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the love of my God. These same hands that can be used to kill someone over here can lay hands on the sick and heal. Y'all see this? Do you see how most of the church doesn't understand this? The world definitely doesn't understand it. Do you see why it's so valuable, though, to understand it? To know that we have a choice and that we're empowered. We are victorious already. We're not trying to win the victory. We don't have to struggle and strive All we have to do is endeavor and learn to enter into that rest that He's provided. If I go out and I work my tail off and I know who to give the credit for, but if if I go and I and I work my tail off and I and I make money, 
And I buy Tavana a brand new car. And I have won this this debt, you know, this 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 uh, poverty thing. I've beaten it. I've, I've worked and struggled and strived and figured it out. And I got it together. And I was able to make this purchase. Right here, you go. I conquered the battle, right? But Tavana now is more than a conqueror. Because all she has to do is rest in the victory, in the spoils, as it were. It's the same with us. Jesus already fought all the battles. He won. He beat death, hell, and the grave. And now we just need to learn to partake of those things provided by grace to release our faith, to receive all the good things that he wants for us. If he, if, if the Father gave us his very best and held nothing back, why do we continue to think that he will not take care of us now? Well, I think that's all the Lord wants to say today. Father, thank you for this word and and for this simple truth about spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for letting us know that we have been equipped to succeed in this life. That all things pertaining to this life and godliness have been given to us. And that walking in the victory is associated with the success and victory in our souls as we because you said that beloved I it's I do my desire that you should prosper and be in good health even as our souls prosper. So there's a correlation between our minds and our thinking and the natural benefits of our salvation. Help us to understand this. Help us to see spirit, soul, and body. Help us to see that our soul is the conduit that draws on the spirit all of the good things that you have provided by grace that are in our spiritual account. And as we come into agreement in our soul, we partake of all the wonderful things you provided by grace. And they spill over into the natural. Into this realm where we can make use of them. Thank you Lord that you care for us. And that you want us to prosper in every way. Physically. Emotionally. Financially. Relationally. Thank you, Lord, for making us strong and victorious in every way. Thank you that the acronym that you gave us for this church, for Grace and Truth Church, is to help the body of Christ heal, empower, love, and prosper. Help us to receive of these things from you that we might help others to do the same.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.